Saturday the 2nd of September 2017. This morning is bright but there is a chill in the air. The children are excited because we are collecting some fish today. We happen to have a large tank which has been standing in the summer house in the garden that we would call the school, we call the schoolhouse. It mostly houses all the various things that we use such as worm rears and other box scientific experiments. We could work in there during the summer months but most of the summer we have off and it's generally too cold in the winter. We prefer the drawing room in front of the fire or at the long kitchen table with a trusty old arger for company. You may think that having fish in a tank indoors is against all our basic beliefs. However, when we visited the garden centre for sheds and greenhouses, we were persuaded by the children to go into the aquarium to see the fish. There were so many of them in lots of small tanks that were teeming in a frantic, frantic swirl of gold and grey light. The children begged to be allowed to save them, pointing out that there was the fish tank in the old schoolroom back at home. We finally relented and thought it could be education for them, particularly as we have in the garden a large freshwater pond where they could happily live out, safely netted, to stop Mr Heron feeding on them, their lives in a more natural environment. Jaunty was so moved by what he saw and what he thought was the plight of one fish that although he couldn't take the fish immediately, asked the shop assistant if he would put a sticker on that particular fish and keep him until we return this Saturday. We have spent the week scrubbing and cleaning the tank and setting it up with gravel and various rocks to create a more natural environment for the fish. At one stage the water went suddenly very cloudy and David and Rosie got very involved in finding out what was causing this chemical reaction and putting it to rights. The tank is now ready for them all. Chlorine and other unsuitable elements are now gone for the water and this morning we are going, according to the two little ones, on a rescue mission. The lure is so powerful that I haven't even managed to persuade Rosie to brush her own hair. Rosie hates her hair being brushed. So far we have four names for six fish. Eric, Trevor, Jerry and Geoffrey. These will probably change several times before they are in their new home. As always, everything we do, because we are such a large family and cannot afford too many planned outings, ends up as being a day out. We are going to have lunch in the garden centre first, then possibly buy some more bulbs for the garden, and finally rescue the fish. Martha, the fledgling, is still doing well. Nicky is constantly feeding her, and yesterday evening a very sad thing happened. Nicky decided to let her go for a walk to stretch her legs. As she kept, as she's kept in the large guinea pig cage at the moment, Nikki thought this was a good idea. She thinks that she is probably about a week away from flying, but is showing no signs yet of feeding for herself. Nikki is still shringing matched food into her mouth, which she is happily swallowing, while still making chick crumb water separately available for her. Nikki has found out that to get them to take water, you gently put the tip of the beak into the water, being careful not to submerge the breathing vents, and the bird then uses its beak like a straw, drawing the water up into its mouth and swallowing it. However, when Nikki put Martha down on her feet, she set off very purposefully. Although limping a bit, she possibly injured her foot when she fell from the tree. She walked towards the gate that separates Nikki from our garden. She stood there a while, 
We then opened the gate to let her through. She then continued to walk resolutely across the terrace and down the terrace steps onto the grass, and then down under the trees to the holly tree where David had found her, fluttering about a few days ago. Then something quite amazing happened. She stopped, looked up into the holly tree. She was clearly recognising the spot. It was so sad to see her clearly looking for something. Maybe her nest or her mother, she made no attempt to go anywhere else, but just stood in one place and from time to time looked up or all around. Eventually we had to take her back to the safety of her cage. Although we stood back, no bird came to her and we could hear no bird nearby. Later, when David came home, we told him what had happened and he decided to climb the holly tree, which is a very brave feat and is very high, wide and prickly. He found no nest or signs of a nest. We wondered if a predator, like a squirrel, had dragged her from another nest and had been disturbed that morning by David coming from the hen house. Maybe she only has a memory of where she was dropped. We shall probably never know. It would have been difficult taking her back up to her nest now that she is being handled by humans. Her mother would probably have rejected her. She definitely remembered something, though. It was really quite a moving experience and one which I will never forget. I'm sure that all animals remember connections that are important to them just as we do. Sadly, as I have sat down to write more of my journal, Martha the fledgling died. I rang Nicky to tell her, and she thought it very strange, as she'd been quite lively and so well that morning. Experts would say maybe she was injured and an infection had set in. It is very common and usually it takes a few days to manifest. Or maybe more whimsically, she died of a broken heart. It is common for rescued fetchings not to make it, although I have brought some to flight and like to think they are still around the garden. The trouble is that all pigeons look the same. I went to the secret garden and began to dig a small grave, very near to where we buried Mrs Dewhurst, so that Nicky came home from work. We could slip only just the developed body of the fledgling into the grave. The children pick flowers and everyone usually says something. We always try to bury our little creature with dignity. We left her to rest in peace. Some may say, what was the point of all Nicky's round-the-clock exhausting care? The point, as far as I see and understand, is that creature experienced the love and care that it would have got from its mother. And as for us humans, it is a chance for us to practice the proper stewardship for our fellow creatures that God expects from us. There is a joy and reward in doing just that. It is a part of the way we were designed. We have cared for many animals over the years, and when we bury them, we all say a little piece over their grave. There is one which you particularly like, especially when burying a dog or cat or other faithful old friend. It's known as Rainbow Bridge. I don't know who wrote it, and therefore cannot give credit in this book, but I'm sure that whoever did write it will not mind me repeating it here. Most owners who have lost an animal companion and is grieving finds comfort in it. Others will laugh and just find it a fanciful idea, not built on fact. So he goes anyway, no matter what you prefer to think. Rainbow Bridge 
Just this side of heaven is a place called Rainbow Bridge. When an animal dies that has been especially close to someone here, that pet goes to Rainbow Bridge. There are meadows and hills for all of our special friends so they can run and play together. There is plenty of food, water and sunshine and our friends are warm and comfortable. All the animals who have been ill and old are restored to health and vigour. Those who were hurt or maimed are made whole and strong again, just as we remember them in our dreams of days and times gone by. The animals are happy and content, except for one small thing. They each miss someone very special, someone who was left behind. They all run and play together, and the day comes when one suddenly stops and looks into the distance. His bright eyes are intent, his eager body begins to quiver. Suddenly he breaks from the group, flying over the green grass faster and faster. You have been spotted, and when you and your special friend finally meet, you cling together in joyous reunion, never to be parted again. The happy kisses rain upon your face, your hands again caress the beloved head, and you look once more into those trusting eyes, so long gone from your life, but never absent from your heart. Then you cross the rainbow bridge together. <laughs>